So I don't want to like, I don't want to bog down the show with it. And I don't want to be like, hey, let me tell you a tale of Disney and Fox. <laughs> so we could cover the whole thing if we wanted. Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report. There is tons of stuff to talk about this week because I feel like every time we turn off the microphones, lots of news drops. For right now, my name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Joining me is my brother, Peter. Greetings. And with us, as always, is our producer extraordinaire, Ryan. Hello. All right. So what are we watching this week? Oh, so um, I... I started watching Castle Rock. Have you watched it at all? I have not watched okay. any of Castle Rock yet. I do not have Hulu, so... Tell okay. me the tale of Castle Rock. <laughs> so I'm two episodes in. Um, it's super interesting, but it's uh, it's been very slow moving. So I'm kind of just waiting for, uh, you know, stuff to hit the fan for everything to get going. But it's a uh, it's really interesting. If you're into Stephen King, definitely check it out. There's references all all over the place. Some of them are just subtle dialogue, like. Uh, in one of the episodes I saw, um, there's one of the characters mentions like when they found that body off the side of the railroad, and that's a, an obvious reference to uh, Stand By Me, but you don't oh. realize it. So right, there's a lot of cool little things like that. Um, there's also uh, John Locke from Lost is in it, which was uh, which is pretty awesome. When you see. say John Locke, you mean the character or the, the actor? actor. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, the actor who played John Locke. But I haven't seen him, him in anything since, so it's really cool to see him in there. I think he's a pretty good actor. Terry so. O'Quinn, I believe his name is. Sure. Someone on the internet <laughs> will tell us if we're wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, Castle Rock actually really caught my attention. I'm not the biggest Stephen King fan. I've read the important ones, like I've read The Stand, and mm -hmm. I've read uh, I've read Needful Things. That's actually one of my favorite Stephen King books. Castle Rock is actually the city or the town that Needful Things takes place in. Oh, okay. And at the time, I thought Castle Rock was a real place when I read the book. <laughs> Found come nice. to find out, it's not a real place. I've been to Maine a dozen times or so, mm -hmm. and. You know, I should have known that that's not a real place. But Stephen King is everything's about Maine, so Castle Rock probably exists. I just don't know what the main version of Castle Rock is. Yeah, for so sure. it's yeah. it's interesting. And then, oh, I also mentioned Lost earlier. Some of the concepts in the show kind of remind me of some of the core concepts of Lost. I'm a big Lost fan, so that I think is pretty cool. But oh, cool. I think the show, and we can talk more about this later when you've seen it. But I think the show is using some of those some similar concepts but doing it in a really concise way which i really enjoy so all right yeah well i watched one older movie and then two very new movies okay uh, the older movie i watched is a movie called pawn sacrifice uh, this caught my attention because i'm a really big chess fan like i like mm -hmm. the game chess so i watch all the chess movies and there's like three <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, night moves uh, searching for, Bobby, searching Fisher. for Bobby Fisher. This movie called Pawn Sacrifice. Harry I, Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Well, I guess, you, I, I guess you. <laughs> That's I guess that wizard chess. Man. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like there's another one I'm forgetting. But this is uh, this movie called Pawn Sacrifice is actually a biopic about Bobby Fisher. Oh, nice. And his, and then the, it's all building to the final chess match where he plays Boris Spassky, and it was just a cool movie and. 
I don't know. Uh, the only the only actors worth naming in the movie were Tobey Maguire and Liv Schreiber. Okay. Uh, Tobey Maguire played Bobby Fischer. I thought he did a pretty good job. When did uh, this come out? This came out uh, 2015. Oh wow! Okay, very like, interesting. Well, so not that old, but I, was, I think it was 2015. It was 2000. It was either that or 2005, but mm-hmm. I kind of like quickly looked at the date and went, "Ah, it's a chess movie," and I watched <laughs> it. <laughs> so nice. So yeah, the other movies I watched, Peter, I watched Teen Titans Go and Mission Impossible Fallout. <laughs> I have not had a chance to see either, which right. is funny because the top five list was inspired by P- Teen Titans Go. But Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Now, so let's talk real quick before I get my quick reviews of Teen Titans and Mission Impossible. I want to re- uh, just revisit our spoiler policy. Our spoiler policy really talked about how by the time we sit down to record, there has been, by the time, let me rephrase that, by the time the, our episodes drop, there's been two weekends between the movie releasing. So anyone who's going to go see the movie has seen the movie, right? Mm-hmm. With that being said, I don't want to spoil really big, important stuff. I'd rather talk about the movie and make you excited to go, <laughs> and good. then see what you think when you finally see it because like a movie like Mission Impossible I would rather get you excited and then you come back and go hey let's talk about it Mm -hmm. and that goes for anyone listening however if we have something big like when Infinity War launched there was no way to talk about that movie without spoiling the hell out of it because we have to talk about the what does this mean situation Yeah, and I just want everyone to understand that I don't want to spoil movies for everyone because I want you to be excited but I also want to be able to talk about these things that we like so much. Mm-hmm. So, real fast, Teen Titans. I had a lot of fun. It's 90 minutes. There's not a lot to think. If you've seen Teen Titans Go, the television show, the substance is really the... It's Teen Titans Go at the core. Mm-hmm. And they expounded on it because they're playing on the tro- on the tropes of the superhero movie. It's a lot of poking fun at superhero movies, the superhero genre. It pokes fun at so many things... And I'm going to spoil one moment <laughs> That's in fair. the movie because it made me laugh. There's a moment where they're going into a movie premiere in Hollywood. <laughs> and the Teen Titans are not on the guest list to get into the premiere. But these guys in these weird purple suits come walking up. And the bouncer's like, who are you? And they say, we're the Guardians of the Unknown. Oh, no, the Challengers of the Unknown. <laughs> and I started laughing. I was the only one in the theater that was laughing out loud at the Challengers of the Unknown joke. And then the guy in the Challengers of the Unknown, the main guy, says, most of you don't even know who we are. And I'm laughing at that again, and I'm the only one laughing. And I know there was at least one parent in the room going, oh, he at least knows. (laughs) So, but no, it's just a lot of fun, and it's a very meta movie because it's, it's a movie making fun of the movie genre and about the Teen Titans trying to get their own movie. And yeah. So it's really great. And then for you parents, I'm going to warn you right now, the very last line of dialogue is going to make a, for a really long car ride home with your children. So, <laughs> <laughs> And if you go see the movie, and if you've already seen the movie, you understand what I'm talking about. Uh, so... Yeah, Teen Titans. Go see it. It was great. It was um, a lot of fun. Peter, you'll like it. So. Okay. Yeah, I've looked forward to it a lot. Uh, yeah. Quick question. This might actually help the listeners too. Um, post credit scenes? Anything? Teen Titans has. They don't have a post credit scene at the end, but there's a like a middle credit sequence. Okay. Which harkens back to something that DC Comics made a statement about a while ago. Teen Titans is a television series. 
got canceled after a couple seasons, like the original Teen Titans, yeah. and everyone's been begging them for him to come back. And they made a statement that said, if the Teen Titans Go movie is successful, they will bring back the original show. The mid credit sequence harkens back to that announcement. Awesome. And it's awesome. And you're giving me another reason why I have to go see this movie. Absolutely. I want to see them bring it back. Absolutely. All right, Mission Impossible. So I don't normally sit down and rewatch franchises, but in preparation for Mission Impossible, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to watch all five Mission Impossibles and get done in time for Mission Impossible Fallout. So I had a lot of fun just going back and revisiting those movies, and I'm kind of glad I did. But Mission Impossible Fallout, there is only one way of describing this movie, is that it's incredible. (laughs) It is absolutely incredible. It, right now, if I had to, if we, if 2018 ended right now, and we look back at our very first episode was the best of 2018 so far, I have to very seriously consider reevaluating my list. (laughs) And we're still like halfway, we're still like halfway Mm -hmm. through the year. It's amazing. They do make a real deep cut reference to the original Mission Impossible, which was awesome. It almost blew past me and I almost missed it. And then... The rest of the plot is kind of wrapped around the last couple Mission Impossibles that came out, almost like a sequence, like a trilogy in a way, if you will. Okay. Uh, but it's it's absolutely mind blowing to watch in terms of the stunts, the action, like everything, the the way the plot unfolds. It's just absolutely great. They really, I seriously hope this is not the last one. Will somebody be lost if they haven't been watching the most recent Mission Impossible no. movies? Okay. No, Good because enough. they cover. Pretty much everything. So sweet. Yeah. Anything else you watch this week? No. Nothing. Ryan, you. Ryan shaking his head. So <laughs> we'll move on to the news. Uh, Peter, you're the one who brought up our first piece of news to me earlier. Do you yeah. wanna? Start um, yeah, us off sure. Here? So a uh, the second Venom trailer dropped this week, and uh, holy crap, it's awesome. Um, yeah. I, I basically what you got out you of watched this trailer. Ryan? Is Ryan's a, got a big smile on his face. <laughs> Ryan's a big Venom fan. A lot of people don't realize this, and he's really excited to see this movie. Nice. So, um, good. But yeah, basically, with this trailer, you got a lot of Venom action. Um, just kind not of just a lot Venom of, action, but like you get to see the symbiote in action. Like the mm-hmm. CG's done, and you're getting like you're really like getting to see what this thing is. Yeah. So yeah, no that that trailer was great, and I'm glad we're finally getting to see Venom because that first Venom trailer released and everyone in the entire world said hey you forgot to put venom in your venom trailer <laughs> <laughs> well the first trailer it was weird because you couldn't really tell what if you didn't know anything about venom beforehand you wouldn't be able to tell what the and you had about. no idea what you were looking at. Mm-hmm, it, made, exactly. it, it truly made no sense and i was watching it going yeah okay but you forgot to put venom in the venom mm-hmm. trailer so yeah. If, but, if you don't know, Venom is one of the big classic villains of Spider-Man, and we talked about him kind of heavily on our Marvel Villains yeah, episode, which was sure. last week, actually. So, mm. um, The one thing that people are really disappointed with this trailer is it kind of finally revealed that there won't be a white spider symbol on his chest. Um, I don't personally mind it that much, but I'm just looking forward to a lot of crazy action with this crazy you know, monster running around wreaking havoc, but... So, the white spider on his chest, mm-hmm. that makes me wonder if that's not an eventuality. Interesting. If you, if you think about it this way, 
we we only know Venom from the comic books as to what he looked like with the white with the big white spider on his chest being the Spider-Man mm-hmm. villain, and they're yeah. handling the origin a little bit differently in the movie than they would in the comic books. There's yeah. no, they don't have time to go tell the entire Secret Wars <laughs> saga and then do a Venom movie. Mm-hmm. So, or even just Spider like Black Suit Spider Man, if they do like the meteor crash, right? Or exactly. Like that, now, so. with the Sony Marvel involvement. We also don't know how intertwined this Venom movie could be. It could be completely on its own, or it could be mm-hmm. actually connected in the in the association with Marvel right. category, I guess. So, with the Venom spider, that doesn't necessarily mean it's not going to be there come the end of the film. And or, if they make a Spider-Man reference in the movie, or they touch on the fact that they are a part of the universe, that doesn't mean it's something that, you know, when you watch Justice League and everyone complains about the look of Cyborg, mm-hmm. pay attention to the end of the movie. Cyborg's armor goes back to how you would know Cyborg to be from the comic book. Mm-hmm. So to say that Venom won't look like exactly like Venom from the comic book right. is kind of a premature statement since the movie doesn't come out till October. Fair enough, yeah. So that's my thoughts on that anyway, but I thought it looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. And my favorite shot of the trailer was when he had to say the We Are Venom line, and it was like the half face. It opened <laughs> yeah. up, and it was like the half face. I'm like, that is just straight that, Todd McFarlane right there. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And then, um, oh, what was I going to say? There's another part I really liked. Oh, just the voice. The guys, who I don't know who's, the, who's doing Venom's voice, but it's just the perfect Venom. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, you know, they could have... They just had to say "We are Venom," and I was sold. They just had to <laughs> say true. it. They just had yeah. to say the line right, and mm-hmm. I was sold on the movie. So number two on our list, uh, David Ayer, director of <laughs> Gotham City Sirens, and we talked a couple episodes about the slate of the DC uh, film universe, which is now being called like DC Worlds of DC. I guess that's <laughs> what they're calling like that, which is fine. Uh, they, David Ayer. Is, do, is directing Gotham City Sirens, which had the big question mark next to it on my list. That was exactly. the, we weren't sure what the development was. But he met with Paul Dini. Paul Dini is responsible for writing almost all of the Batman animated series. He's written a lot of comic books, but people know his name very heavily from the Batman animated series, which most of us argue that that is the best representation of superhero mm-hmm. source material period. And if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have gotten, you know, the Justice League television show or the Superman show or however the case may be. But knowing that David Ayer met with Paul Dini is actually really exciting yeah. because Paul Dini had written the Gotham City Sirens. So mm, for sure. And he's a sole creator or co-creator of Harley Quinn. He um, is he is sole I think okay. he's I think he's sole creator of Harley right, Quinn, okay. which you know, I didn't know if it was like him and Bruce Tim were considered co-creators. There or... is he had an interview with Kevin Smith and he talked about how they wanted him to wanted him to kill Harley Quinn at some point. <laughs> yeah. And they cuz he wanted to include Harley Quinn in the Batman Beyond Return of the Joker movie. Yeah. And he put a bit with Harley Quinn in the end and they had no choice but to go, okay, fine, you don't have to kill Harley Quinn. And it was just That's kind great. of like a really bittersweet kind of a moment. You're just like, mm-hmm. oh, there she is. And <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I just thought that was really exciting and I only wanted to touch back on that because of our talk about the DC. Yeah, it's, it's a cool way films. to confirm that Gotham City Sirens is happening and it might be sooner than uh, you might realize. Uh, I just kind of took a look at what David Ayer's working on and he's got... 
Gotham City Sirens, uh, Bright 2, and something called The Tax Collector are upcoming projects, but seems like he might be a little bit more busy on Gotham City Sirens than we think. Right, so. and just knowing that the meetings are happening is a good sign. Yeah, Especially for, sure. for DC trying to get their feet going right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Star Wars casting announcement. Right. Yeah, so we talked about Billy D. Mm-hmm. Coming back. Well, Star Wars Lucasfilm announced the full slate of the Star Wars cast for Episode Nine. Filming begins, I think, yesterday. Yeah, I saw J.J. Abrams tweeted yesterday. Yeah, he actually tweeted this real fuzzy picture of Finn, (laughs) because I don't think he wanted us to see what Finn was doing in the picture, but it was a very fuzzy picture, and the camera was in most of the shot anyway. So get your drones ready to go try to spy on the set. (laughs) Yeah. Just kidding. No, that's that's a good point, because Mm -hmm. if you don't know, when Episode 7, Force Awakens, was being filmed, some guy with his drone taking pictures for an an architectural survey found the Millennium Falcon by mistake, and it became this giant (laughs) internet conspiracy. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the reason I wanted to bring up the casting was because they announced Mark Hamill's returning. And I'll tell you this, I know Mark Hamill died at the end of The Last Jedi, but if you... Oh, Ryan, you didn't know that? I know you've seen the movie. <laughs> the, we all know that he died at the end of The Last Jedi, and it's been this big controversial thing, but it was such a great ending for the character. But if you didn't realize that Mark Hamill was going to be a Force ghost in the next Star Wars movie, what planet are you on? <laughs> like, that was right. too... That's too that's too big of an opportunity for them to pass on. So that had to have been the plan all along. So Mark Hamill's coming back, but the big one is Carrie Fisher will be in the movie. Not in a CG form and not in recasting. They're bringing Princess Leia back using unused footage from Force Awakens. I'm really curious how that'll work. I very much am too. And it it has me a little weary, but when I think to how they they were able to deal with Tarkin in Rogue One... I'm very optimistic. No, that was all CG, though. That was all CG, mm-hmm. but I'm looking at it going, you have footage of Leia, and if you had to alter a line of dialogue, you technically could, and you could adjust her mouth. You know, right. you could CG adjust her mouth movements, mm-hmm. if you had to. Okay. So, I, I just don't know how the Force Awakens story lines up, <laughs> because we've moved beyond that part yeah. of the story. So. For some reason, I thought J.J. Abrams said they weren't going to use CG, but maybe he was just referring to using a full-on CG character. That, that's probably what it is. I mean, if you think back to Forrest Gump, when they had uh, JFK on in mm. the movie, Forrest Gump had to interact with JFK, there was a huge documentary about how they did that, where all they had was a stand-in actor who, was a, who could like do the voice of JFK. Yeah. And then they shot the scene with the actor... And then they basically kind of overlaid the original footage of uh, JFK shaking someone else's hand, and they put Tom <laughs> Tom Hanks in, and nice. then adjusted the mouth to match the other dialogue. Like yeah. it was this weird, like kind of mix of real mm. and CG at the same time. And yeah. I mean, we've all seen Forrest Gump; it came out looking great. Mm. So it's making me wonder if they use that same kind of technology or process on the Marvel movies, how they're de-aging all these actors as seen in like Ant-Man and the Wasp with Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, Michael Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer looked amazing yeah, she looked in Ant-Man so and the Wasp. Yeah. And then, so, uh, you she know, looks like she was Russell 20. And Kurt Russell and Guardians of the Galaxy 2, they did the same thing and it just, it's unbelievable what they can do. Yeah, absolutely. So after hearing that and thinking about Tarkin um, from Rogue One, that made me very optimistic. So we'll see how it turns out mm-hmm. in 
on Christmas of 2019. So it's it's exciting to just know it's happening too. Yeah, I'm excited about it. <laughs> so big big news. Ready to talk about this? Are you? Uh, I I guess so. <laughs> so the Disney buying Fox deal is apparently done. This uh, this has been an ongoing thing for a long time. Disney has been trying to and. I was explaining this to a friend of mine, and they rolled their eyes and was like, oh my gosh, Drew, what's with the comic book talk? It's all about the superheroes for you. (laughs) Well, it's not all about the superheroes, but this is actually all about the superheroes. When Marvel Comics, I'll make this quick, Marvel Comics started making movies, they didn't have a studio. And they weren't owned by Disney. They sold some characters off, like Spider-Man went to Sony, uh, X-Men went to Fox, Fantastic Four went to Fox... And then Disney bought Marvel. And then Marvel started making movies. And that's where you get your Marvel universe, your Iron Mans and Captain Americas and Avenger films. Disney and Marvel have been trying to get their film rights to the characters they sold off for for a long time. And Sony's playing nice. There's a contractual obligation that they have to kind of go back and forth so they kind of share the character. Awesome. Fox was very much, we are not going to share Spider-Man. End of discussion. So, with that being said, Disney said, we'll just buy you as a company, <laughs> which is kind of a huge way to go. So, you know, we'll just buy you as a company, and then we have our superheroes back, which is the whole goal. Well, that's awesome, but what people don't realize, and this is where it's exciting to me, is Disney announced their streaming app <coughs> supposed to release next year. Now, the Disney library alone is 500 movies. And that includes animation, live action, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That includes the Pixar library. Right. That includes the Marvel films. That includes all of Lucasfilm, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Willow, you know, Red Tails. There's a bunch more. Now throw in all of the Disney Channel television series, all the Disney XD television series, everything from ABC because Disney owns ABC. Mm-hmm. All of the... I assume the Netflix content because Disney said that they're pulling everything from Netflix before they launch the app So because it'll be the Disney streaming app. At this point, they already have my money. I'm signing up for this app. Mm-hmm. Okay. They've announced there's going to be a Star Wars live-action television series that's exclusive to the app. We talked about the Clone Wars during Comic-Con. That's going to be the Clone Wars coming back, also exclusive to the yeah. app. There's the, there's the Star Wars uh, Resistance television series exclusive to the app. And for those of you High School Musical fans, it's going to be a High School Musical television series <laughs> exclusive to the app. <laughs> yeah. However, Disney now bought Fox. Right. That includes, for what people don't realize, the only thing Disney didn't get from Fox was they didn't buy Fox Sports because Disney owns ESPN, so they don't need Fox Sports. And Disney didn't buy Fox News because they own ABC. They don't need a news outlet. Disney got all of Fox's entertainment. Yeah. That includes FX and FXX and FXM, which is their movies. Okay. That means they own The Simpsons. They own Family Guy. They own Aliens. They own Die Hard. They own, um, I'm blanking on some... Franchises so, um, right now. You were Ava- looking Avatar at like Avatar, one of the big ones. Um, which is which is interesting that they didn't own Avatar because Disney has an Avatar park. <laughs> yeah, but right, they're getting this. So when you think about the Fox Library plus the Disney Library, yeah. Well, what kind of surprised me was they have 
Avatar, Aliens, they they already had Star Wars. They also just acquired X Files. Like those are, it's like some of the biggest science fiction properties in existence that they've just gotten. Um, it just kind of crazy to think about um it's very crazy to think about and it makes that disney streaming app again they already have my money mm -hmm. like that's huge it's going <laughs> to be the new netflix and i hope netflix is prepared because that's a huge huge thing i did read that there's one hiccup they have to go through and that's a government approval mm -hmm. and from what i understand the government had already approved of it and then there was a hiccup in the sale and then now they have to go through the approval process again but why would they not go yeah we've already done this right <laughs> so as far as i'm concerned the disney deal disney fox deal is done yeah yeah i mean for me it's like it's kind of bit bittersweet cuz i'm really excited about um X, like X-Men and Fantastic Four possibly being rebooted and brought into the Marvel, you know, the Marvel Marvel cin cinematic universe, but I also just feel like it's a little bit of just uh, almost all the sources of entertainment coming from one source, like Disney having complete control over over half of what we consume sort of concept. I know, so I know, and that's where the government thing was. I guess they wanted to make sure it wasn't a monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> right, so. and it's dangerously close to it's that. If dangerously not there, yeah, close. But. but, hey, you know what? Disney, the one thing I'll give to Disney is their care and concern for keeping their characters uh, correct. Okay. And we honor the fact that their characters are correct. Like, they will not... They'll not, they won't do anything to degrade any of their characters or any of their property. They're very, like, every character is on a pedestal as if it's the best thing in the world. And right. they want to keep that always the case for every character they own. Mm -hmm. So it, it doesn't matter what happens. Iron Man and the Avengers will always be on their pedestal. Star Wars will always be on their pedestal. Mickey Mouse will always be on the pedestal. Even though it's the ground floor character, mm -hmm. it'll never be a diminished thing. And... You know, that's, I mean, look at this. They're making all the live action remakes of all the animated films right now. We got Dumbo coming out soon. Right. So um, they, they just want to, they hold their characters in the highest, um, highest esteem. So yeah, that, that makes sense. That's a good point. Um, I was also thinking, thinking about the app. Do you think that they're going to have, uh, like the 90s X-Men animated series on there and possibly Spider-Man animated series? Right now. If they were going to not include something, it would be those, because I actually <laughs> don't know who owns those. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that'll be an interesting one. I would love to go back and watch some of those, because they were great. Mm -hmm. I just don't know who owns those. And mm -hmm. how to I'm get also curious on. about uh, Spider-Man, um, Sp Ultimate Spider-Man, that series. I think, I, that's think, I think that's Disney owns all I think that, that's so, Disney yeah. anyway, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that Ultimate Series didn't come out until after the Mar Disney Marvel acquisition to begin mm -hmm. with, but that was that was back in the early 2000s when that <laughs> happened. So, yeah, I think that covers news yeah. for the week. So, let's... I'd say so. Time to talk about the main discussion. We're up to our top five list for the week. So, Peter, this was your list. It was your idea. So, why don't you take this take us in and then we'll discuss okay so like i said last well last week i mentioned that i was really excited about teen titans go still haven't seen it but i'm still excited and uh i just love how this movie as andy was saying earlier is just poking so much fun at the superhero <laughs> genre even though it's doing it with a lot of love and embracing 
that genre and being part of that genre. So I thought it'd be really fun to talk about other movies that make fun of other movies or entertainment. So uh, top five parody movies is the list that I wanted to do. So, All right. So before we get started discussing this, I, I need to let you know that I had a very hard time making this list. Not because I couldn't think of parody movies, but because I was confused when I Googled parody movies. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, there are a couple movies. I'm just going to list a couple of these that really bugged me. So to me, a parody film is a movie that's kind of poking creative fun at another movie that we know. So like, yeah. Star Wars is the movie. Spaceballs is the parody. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty straight thing. If you want to go farther back, Airport, <coughs> I think it's Airport 75, is the movie, or it's yeah. just Airport. Airplane is the parody. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you kind of look at that, and you know that makes sense, right? Yeah. So when I was looking at the list, Basketball was on the parody <laughs> list. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I love Basketball. It's a great movie, but I don't know what it's a parody of. If they're saying it's a parody of sports movies... Well, that's too general, and to me, it's not a parody film because it's kind of just a comedy sports movie. I would agree with that because there's no, they're not like actively trying to make a parody of a specific specific scenes from sport movies or even just anything right. like that. Right. Uh, Tropic Thunder was on the parody list, but I don't know what Tropic Thunder is a parody of. Just a parody of action movies in is general. A, but if it's still... a parody of action movies, it's too general. Exactly, I agree. You know, so like like Austin Powers is a parody of James Bond, but it's pretty clear that that's what that is. Right. So that's kind of how I looked at it, and I didn't really know. So my list, I'm going <coughs> to tell you right now, are straight parodies of actual things. Right. So, I did the sa- I did the exact same direction you're okay. going. Okay, so. good. Because I when I saw some of this list when I saw when I googled it and I saw it I was like, wow, this is going to be an interesting <laughs> conversation if we did not go the same route. No, no, that's how you assembled your list is exactly the way I was thinking it should be. So all right, we're good. Well, since it was your list, I'll give you my first uh, honorable mention, and my both of my honorable mentions are actually short films. Okay. So, Sounds great. Uh, my first honorable mention is Hardware Wars. Nice. Uh, if you don't know what Hardware Wars was, it was one of the very, very first super low-budget Star Wars parodies. And I, it, it had to have come out in 77, right, when Star Wars did... Like, when I say low-budget, I mean super low-budget. They're, you know, fighting with... They're using flashlights as lightsabers, mm-hmm. and they're using all these... They're using pieces of hardware to be... Like the ships, the ships and the yeah. vehicles, and like the it's and like Chewbacca is an actual like puppet that looks like a brown uh, uh, paper bag uh, or something. I can't, no, I've he's uh, Oscar the Grouch. He almost looks like Oscar okay, the Grouch yeah. because he's brown. It's just like an actual like puppet that's yeah. sitting there in the cockpit. But I, it's it's a really funny movie if you want to just go back and look at you know just the fandom of what it is. And they actually made a Hardware Wars joke in. Uh, Last Jedi. Yeah. So, like, in the movie Hardware Wars, <laughs> there's a spaceship that's an iron. Like, you'd iron your clothes with iron. It's, like, flying because mm-hmm. Boba Fett's ship kind of looks like an iron. <laughs> <laughs> so, in Hardware Wars, there's a scene where this iron-looking thing comes down with this blast of steam, and you think it's a ship for a minute, and then you, when you realize it's an iron, it's yeah. actually iron clothing. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, I nod to Hardware Wars because no one ever does that. Right. So, yeah, it's... 
that's my first honorable mention. Nice. So. Um, okay, so I originally wasn't thinking uh, short films would be included, but I know it's honorable mention, so I don't care. But I did <laughs> want to use a short film as a cheat honorable mention, similar to you, you did last Oh, that's week. fine. So, so my first cheat would be all of the Thumb movies <laughs> by Steve Odekirk. Uh, movies like Thumb Wars, Thumb Tannic, uh, Franken Thumb, The God Thumb, Bat Thumb. These movies are just really hilarious. If anybody's unfamiliar, <laughs> they're movies that are pretty much... Have you seen them, Ryan? Okay, you're just <laughs> over there shaking your head. So the movies... This is... So Thumb Wars. It's Star Wars, but they are... It's like they it's, dressed up their thumbs in the costume yeah. and CGI the faces and like, <laughs> exactly. did the dialogue. Go ahead. They're they're really good. Um, they're just really goofy. Thumb Wars is the first one that came out that I think was just a thing released on TV... And uh, me and my brothers just watched it so many times, and it was hilarious. Um, my favorite out of the bunch, though, I think is Thumb Tannic. Thumb Tannic is... was fantastic, mm-hmm. which is, well, Titanic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... there's, a, there's a song in it that parodies the Celine Dion song. There's this crazy stuff that they happens were... in the movie that it's... you wouldn't expect. Look, it's really insipid to have these... You know, thumb characters like mm-hmm. doing this, and when you see it originally, when you see like the box cover, you're like, seriously, what? <laughs> but when you watch it, they were so smart in yeah. putting these together, and they were really. Tr- it, it's clear that they like what they're making fun of because yeah. they were smart to do it. Um, another one that I want to mention because it's really good was the Blair thumb. Oh yes, yes. My favorite part about if you've seen the it's a, it's a parody of the Blair Witch, obviously, but <laughs> they. So you have the Blair Witch, the scene in the tent, where it's like close up of the girl's face and everyone's freaking out and like it's it's hard to watch because the camera's so shaky and you can't really see anything. So when they do that scene in the Blair Thumb, eventually a shark comes through the door of the tent, <laughs> grabs one of them, and gets yanked out. <laughs> so the next morning when they're freaking out looking for the girl, the one guy says, and this is my favorite line, he says, "This can all be explained." Except for the shark, but everything else can be, <laughs> can be explained. That's no, awesome. the thumb wars, the thumb movies. That's fantastic. Yeah, when you pulled that. So, I thought about bringing that up. But yeah, no, they're great. great. And uh, yeah, if you are unfamiliar, they're made by uh, Steve Odekirk, who's the creator behind uh, Kung Pao. If you like that movie, it's very similar. I humor, think, so. and I think he's brothers to Bob Odekirk. Okay, which everyone should know from Better Call Saul. Yeah, for sure. Or if um, you or where I know him from is Mr. Show on HBO <laughs> with David Cross. That show is fantastic. If you haven't watched it, I know it's on HBO Go because I've gone back and watched a couple episodes here and there. It's fantastic. Nice. Okay. Since so, that was a cheat, yes. You want to give me your first. My honorable first mention? honorable mention is the first scary movie. Okay. So um, this was the Wayans Brothers kind of entry into the uh, parody movie genre. The reason I picked this is because I think it holds up as being pretty funny, but. It's also pretty memorable. Like, I have friends that, me and some of my friends will still joke and reminisce about parts of this movie or will quote it just, like, off the cuff. And it's it's just still really hilarious and just really memorable, I guess, for the time it was. So Yeah, no, Scary Movie was good. I'm a huge fan of the Scream movies. Yeah. I know a lot of people roll their eyes when I say that, <laughs> but that's probably one of my favorite scary movies. Mm-hmm. Haha, <laughs> scary movie. But no, the movie Scream is probably one of my favorite horror movies in because of the storytelling. Yeah. Because of the puzzle. Wes Craven was so smart to put that together the way he did. And mm-hmm. those all four of those movies were great. So Yeah, I love the Scream movies too. They're kind of uh 
really meta too in the same way that uh movies like clerks or mall rats kind of have that meta like kevin smith like it's a movie talking about movies sort of thing so i yeah. love that but yeah yeah sweet so that's my first honorable mention all right my second honorable mention is also a star wars parody <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not a running theme i know okay. I'm, i know i'm a super fan but this is one that really you know and it's not space balls surprise surprise Fair enough. It's another short film. It's called George Lucas in Love. It is a parody of the movie Shakespeare in Love, except it follows George Lucas. It's like a nine-minute short film. It follows George Lucas in college writing Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And it, what was really smart about it was the girl he was seeing in college has the Princess Leia buns for hairdo. <laughs> and his roommate has an inhaler. He dresses in black. He's really emo, and he has, yeah. a, he has asthma, so he has an inhaler. And you see him walking through the quad, and you see these two guys. One, he's he's a really stiff-looking guy, and he's got he's wearing like a yellow shirt, and his little yeah. like midget buddy's wearing like a white and blue hat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just goofy things like that. And they had, and he's sitting there like. You know, he's sitting there writing, and behind him is this lar very heavy-weighted person, like, <laughs> laying out on a blanket with a friend of his, and they're all, like, eating chips and stuff, mm -hmm. you know? And you're like, clearly, that's Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. So, when <laughs> they have this bike riding sequence where he's riding through the park with, uh, park with his girlfriend, and you're like, hey, that's the speaker bike chase. And <laughs> it's just these goofy little, like, asides where you're seeing these homages where, oh, that's probably how George got his inspiration mm -hmm. it's not at all how george got his inspiration because he's <laughs> talked heavily about sure. things that inspired him but it's such a fun movie it's nine minutes if you can find it check it out i yeah. own it on vhs mm -hmm. so <laughs> it's not easy for me to pull out and watch because who has a vhs player anymore <laughs> but right. and i also have hardware wars on vhs nice. but i just wanted to bring that up because it's it's such a good short yeah film, i've so. uh i've se i've seen it but i think at the time i was pretty young when i saw it so i don't know if i appreciated it fully i kind of want to go back and revisit it you sure know, kind of it, that'd be that'd be a fun little jaunt anyways right. <laughs> <laughs> um that goes to my next honorable mention which i put uh not another teen movie so wow you just like, like that genre <laughs> don't you <laughs> so uh like like scary movie this one's a lot more recent than uh a lot of the other movies that come to mind but Four recent ones. The reason I picked this one is I just find it really hilarious, and I think it's it's kind of one of those movies that I think everybody's seen, but they've kind of forgot about. And I'll throw bits of dialogue and stuff from the movie into a random conversation, and people are just they'll laugh and they'll be like, "Oh, what's that from?" I'm like, "Not another teen movie. Remember that? Or have you seen that?" They're like, "Oh yeah." wait, what part was it? And then I'll describe the whole scene to them and then they'll finally be like, I don't really remember that, but that sounds great. But yeah, I think the movie's hilarious. So yeah. All right. Sweet. So my first one on my actual list, um, I'm going to go with Hot Shots. Okay, great. Uh, Hot Shots is parody of Top Gun. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's the I loved Top Gun as a kid. I probably burned through a couple... Uh, VHS copies of Top Gun as a kid because I watched it too many times, but mm -hmm. I don't know if it was the airplanes or what it was in the movie that really made me like it. But yeah. Hot Shots came out and it was just, it's, that's a great movie and that was one that I, again, watched too many times that I could probably quote along with the movie. So. <laughs> nice. Did you have anything to say about that or did you? Um, Hot Shots, I think is awesome. It's really funny. I, uh, it was close to making my list, but I think the reason it didn't is just because some of the jokes and the guy like I think about hot shots 
And I know I love the movie, but a lot of the specific jokes and gags didn't really stick out in my mind from oh, it. Sure. So that's just kind of the only reason it didn't make my and list. And then Hot Shots really. Part 2 was really good. It did not make my list, but yeah. that one was a parody of Rambo, Rambo 3 yeah. specifically. That one, <laughs> so. that one was great. Um, yeah. Hot right. Shots, good choice. <laughs> uh, your first one? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the first movie I want to talk about is uh, Mafia. Do you remember oh, Mafia? I do remember okay. Mafia. So this movie... Um, so the... I'm going to kind of go off on a tangent here, but I'll bring it back around. S- Scary Movie was one of my honorable, honorable mentions, and I think Scary Movie and the second one are really good, but as that series goes on, I feel like they start to decline more and more, and it ended up getting into this weird trap where they felt like they needed a joke like every five to ten seconds, and you would watch you know, Scary Movie 4 or 5 or whatever, and they would have jokes every five seconds, but they weren't that funny. The thing about Mafia is there's like a joke probably every 10 seconds in the movie and they're all really hilarious. So I think, and I would have to go look this up, but I think Mafia was made by the same people who did um, Airplane. Okay, that would make sense. Yes, that yes. movie, right? <laughs> um, but uh, for anybody unfamiliar, Mafia is a parody of uh, The Godfather and similar mob- mobster type movies. Um, and it's just... It's just great. Like I said, it's every five to ten seconds. There's just hilarious jokes. I once, um, I used to be really involved with uh, the Boy Scouts growing up, and I once watched Mafia with a with my whole Boy Scout troop, and it was one of the funnest experiences ever, just because <laughs> of how many ridiculous jokes are just back to back in that movie. So it's just even stuff that doesn't make sense. Like uh, there's this one part where there's this chase scene. And uh, this one guy falls on the ground, and then for some reason there's a shot of another person step- <laughs> stepping on that guy's head who just fell on the ground, and his head is all, like, rubberized, <laughs> like it's made of rubber. <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense, but they just threw it in because it's hilarious, so. All right. <laughs> so my next one that we're going to talk about is National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. Okay. Have you seen... You've seen this, right? Is this Emilio Estevez? Emilio Estevez and Samuel Jackson, and they are doing a parody of Lethal Weapon. (laughs) (laughs) It is exactly what you'd think it is. Uh, You know, obviously, um, Emilio Estevez is the... uh, Mel Gibson character. Yeah. Sam Sam Jackson is Danny Glover, but... And then they run into the... The best cast that you could throw together, John Lovitz is in the movie, and, you know, Kathy Ireland's the love interest, and it's just... And they have a scene where the Ninja Turtles are actually in the movie. Right, like, right. They have the, Emilio Estevez jumps in the sewer, and he's trying to get <laughs> under a fence, and he pops up in the, teenage, in the Ninja Turtles lair yeah. for a minute, and then he goes, oops, wrong room. Yeah. So th- this, I actually did think about this movie while putting my list together, but I couldn't remember the name of it, honestly. It's been so long, but... That's definitely a really good one. Um, it's one It's one that I recommend to people, too. Like, when we're talking comedies, I'd like to bring that up. It's a movie I could probably quote along with the film if I really wanted to. <laughs> wow. Uh, and they took... Uh, did you ever see the movie Last Action Hero? Yes. Okay, so in the movie Last Action Hero, they had the captain at the police station. They took him, and he was, like... He had this yelling... He had this scene where he was yelling at Schwarzenegger... And you got to a point where you couldn't understand half of the things he was saying. So they did the same kind of a scene in Loaded Weapon 1. And I just love the bit where at the end where he's like, and if you don't do what I'm telling you to, your dan- your pants are going to be dancing with figs. 
And he's like, do I make myself clear? And Sam Jackson's like, well, except for the pants fix thing. (laughs) But it was so great. And then there was a bit. They have the illustrious sex scene from Emilio Estevez and Kathy Ireland. And she... Well, no, this is... Yeah, so they have the sex scene. And then afterwards, she... He gets up to lead. He gets up to walk. Mm-hmm. And she's like, where are you going? He's like, oh, this is just the illustrious uh, button, the moonbeam walk. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And he just stops and the, you know, they, it's clearly a fake prosthetic butt, but it's still, it's still there. And then later he, um, they bring up the idea of lovemaking again. And she goes, it'll only take a minute. And he's like, who told you that? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, one of the, I remember one part of, I think there's a part of the movie where he finds like a puddle of blood on the floor and then he follows like a trail of the blood drips and it leads to like a, like a uh, ketchup bottle and yeah. just stuff like that's really <laughs> it just, hilarious. It was really, it's, it's again, just a really good smart comedy. And I think there's a, I think it's from this movie where there's a part where it's Emilio Estevez's character looking through like this giant magnifying glass or something and you can just see his eyes through the magnifying glass and they're really big. And then he backs up, and his eyes are still massive. Is this the same movie, or I'm not sure if okay. that's the same. That movie. might be I'm a different not, movie. For some reason, I'm I not, thought it was Loaded Weapon, but I'm not remembering that scene. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. I might be wrong. Anyways, so what do you got for me? Okay, next so list. the next movie I want to bring up is Young Frankenstein. This made my short list. Yeah, yeah. So go so, ahead. Um. Yeah, Young Frankenstein, a parody of Frankenstein and uh, other Frankenstein and Universal Monster movies. Um, this movie is, unlike a lot of the other movies on my list, has more, I'd say, just jokes within the dialogue and sound effects more than, you know, crazy practical effects like the rubber face guy from Mafia or something like that. But I just think uh, this is another one where so many of the jokes are just memorable Um <laughs> And you can just kind of... I've thrown them into dialogue all the time. And then uh, also Gene Wilder's performance in this movie, I think, is one of the best. Like, uh, the scene at the very beginning of the movie where he's giving a college lecture and he gets so heated with what he's talking about that he ends up stabbing his leg with a uh, letter opener, I believe. Right. And just the way he acted through it was just so believable but so good. (laughs) But it's just incredible, so... Yeah, Young Frank, like I said... I'm not sure what to say about Young Frankenstein that yeah. I haven't already said, but it made my short list. I just, when I look at, when I make these lists, I kind of make like a giant short list of, oh, these are all the movies yeah. I really liked in this category, and then I got to narrow it down to five. When I, when I was trying to narrow it down, I was kind of looking at the rewatchability of the movies, mm-hmm. and if I was going to look at this list and go, I can watch one movie from this list, or I could watch <laughs> a couple of them, what would I be pulling off the mm-hmm. shelf and sitting down and watching? And not necessarily because of mood, it's just, oh, I love these movies, Yes, and I could, you know, put them on and take a nap to them, and it wouldn't matter because, you know, I just like the movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But Young Frankenstein, yes. I made my short list, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, my next one on the list, again, like I said, this is all about rewatchability, is we're going to talk about Galaxy Quest. Okay. Which I know this is another space movie for me, but um, it's a parody of Star Trek. Okay. But it's a very meta look at Star Trek because it's about the fandom of Star Trek. Right. Because it's a it's a movie about a television show that's like Star Trek. Yeah. And the actors are kind of at this point like washed up and they find out aliens are real and 
they built the ship from the show, mm-hmm. thinking it's real, and then on top of them having a real space Star Trek-esque kind of an adventure, you have the real stuff going on on Earth as well, and they yeah. have to get the help from some fans at the science fiction convention that they're going to. So that's one of the things I loved about Galaxy Quest. It's This is a movie that if you've liked any television show of any kind, or if you're a fan of anything, you should watch this movie. Just because you'll appreciate it for what they're trying to do. You may not be into Star Trek, that's fine. You may not be into science fiction, that's okay. But because you're a fan of something... Mm-hmm. You can appreciate what the what the intent of this movie was. Yeah, and it's a movie that I like to recommend to people all the time. I love the bit. Probably the one part of the movie that makes me laugh the most is it's a big fight scene at the end. Uh, you got Tony Shalhoub's character is the he's the transporter tech, and he transports this big rock monster from the planet into the bay with all like the bad guys. Right. And you see the rock monster just start wreaking havoc and beating the <laughs> crap out of these guys. And yeah. they just cut to Tony Shalhoub and he just says, it's the, the simple things in life you treasure. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just a, it, it's such a good movie. So Yeah, no, this, that's for sure great. I feel like it really... Um, I, oh, go ahead, sorry. Before uh, Guardians of the Galaxy came out as a movie, like I feel like this really scratched that itch of like a sci-fi comedy that still is has awesome action and special effects but is really funny right. that and everybody's I, gonna love it. I so. talked about the Orville a couple episodes mm-hmm. ago. I think the Orville was direct inspiration for Seth MacFarlane to make or Galaxy Quest was direct inspiration for Seth MacFarlane to make the Orville okay. show. Awesome. I think that he was going, I wanna do Star Trek, I can't do Star Trek but wait, there's this other movie, Galaxy Quest, which is awesome. Yeah. Let's do that as a show for real. Okay. So that's just kind of how I took it. Yeah. So. Nice. It's yeah. a good pick for sure. So Galaxy Quest, uh, right. you're up, man. Okay, my next, the next pick on my list uh, is Airplane. So this one's a very <laughs> interesting pick for me. Also made my short list. Okay. This is a very interesting pick for me because... We might I... not match anything this week. <laughs> I'll be surprised, but this is a very interesting pick for me because uh, I don't think I've seen any of the movies that it's parodying, actually. But oh. I just really love this movie. So It's really just parodying one movie. The movie is either called Airport or Airport 75. I always forget if that's mm-hmm. what the correct title is because it's about... Uh, the, the actual movie is about this horrible plane crash that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and they you know, took that and ran with it. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, so actually, and that's another thing is what's funny is I didn't realize that this was a parody movie before I kind of was researching parody movies for this list. Um, so I actually thought I wouldn't be able to include it, but this movie is... Oh, until I mentioned my parody thing earlier in the show. (laughs) No, no, (laughs) obviously before I came here, but, uh, uh, where was I? So this movie I think has like some of the most memorable, kind of just silly parts in the movie it's also uh another movie that i kind of think is weird because it's uh cross generational i'd say where i've bonded with teachers scoutmasters, friends dads you know people way different ages than me just by talking about how funny this movie is um this is one of those movies i've heard interviews with the guys who wrote it this is one of those movies where they actually have a joke every like couple seconds and they were very strict into making sure that was the case on the script <laughs> like every single thing had to be a joke and right it had to be very over the top very um 
exaggerate every piece. Yeah. So they landed a joke like every ten, five to ten seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. Um, another, Which has got to be ungodly difficult to write a show like that. <laughs> For sure. Um, another uh, kind of cool thing about this movie is, one, um, a lot of people kind of consider it's the movie that's kind of kick-started this genre in a lot of ways. Like, Airplane was, like, a pretty unique movie for the way it approached humor at the time. And another uh, thing is I'm a pretty big uh, Leslie Nielsen fan. Like, uh, when he died, it was one of the few celebrity deaths that I felt really got to me because I was just like, man, like, that guy was my hero when I was a kid. You know, he's my comedy hero pretty much. And uh, this movie kind of kick-started his comedy career because before Airplane, he was more of a serious actor like he was in forbidden planet a bunch of other dramas and he did really serious roles and this kind yeah. of kick-started him as a comedy name and uh it's really interesting when you look into it because you find out that he originally was delivering his lines and he was really hamming it up and kind of acting funny in a way but the directors were like no you need to deliver these lines dead serious yeah, you really, all your lines have you to be really believe these ridiculous things you're saying, and that's like kind of set up his acting style for right. the rest of his career. So. Exactly, and then you roll into like the Naked Gun series, mm-hmm. and you, know, exactly. you eventually get to Dracula Dead and Loving mm-hmm. It. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then he even was brought into the scary movies, <laughs> some of those right. like newer versions of this uh, concept. So yeah, no, that's. Yeah, Airplane is a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. I, sure. And I feel like we keep saying every movie's great, because, but that's okay, because we're here to talk about things that we like. Yes. We're not here to be negative and talk <laughs> about the movies we don't yeah. like. We're not trying to defend Spider-Man 3. So, <laughs> Which I can defend parts of that movie. We can. We may, we, may actually get to, we may actually get to be talking about Spider-Man 3 in a future episode. It's right. just, that's a hard... Like, I can defend a couple pieces of that movie, too. Right. But... <laughs> Um, all right, so next on my list is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Nice. Um, in my our discussion of saying what movie is this a parody of, Monty Python to me, and I almost didn't want to include it because it doesn't really... I, I don't really know what movie it's parodying as mm-hmm. opposed to being a parody of every King Arthur story. Exactly, period. yeah. But, but this movie always felt to me almost like an original thing. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just telling a funny story with Monty <laughs> Python. Yeah. The thing about this, though, is I, I wanted to include it because this is one of those movies that I rewatch again and again and again. I've seen it so many times. I own the audio. Like, I, I bought the soundtrack for it, mm. not realizing it was audio <laughs> of the film. <laughs> so it's the entire audio of the film with extra oh, bits in there. So, like, mm-hmm. in the audio for the, in the... On the soundtrack, it's basically the audio for the premiere of the movie. So yeah. you're getting like the funny like guy in the street like interviewing people as they're walking in, like the red carpet stuff. And <laughs> yeah. then he's like, and then he's giving you a play by play of certain parts of the movie from the bathroom, from what he could see, like looking <laughs> out the door down the hallway. Like it's nice. just, it's goofy stuff. And then like you'll get an actual clip from the film, and then they'll cut to something weird, and then they'll go back to a clip from the yeah. film. And no, this uh, that movie is rewatchable too because. It's very funny, and I remember uh, one time I was watching it, it was just on TV or something, and I was watching it with one of my brothers, and we were actually laughing about parts of the movie that hadn't <laughs> hadn't happened yet. We were just remembering <laughs> what was coming, and like the anticipation for the next joke, we were just cracking right. up my for it. Fa- so. My favorite scene, and I can't, I cannot do this scene justice, so I'm not even going to try and repeat <laughs> some of the lines, but my favorite scene is probably the scene where they have to do the holy hand grenade of Antioch. 
Okay, great. And they they asked they needed to kill the deadly rabbit. That's so the creature that's protecting the cave that they have to go through is a rabbit, and he's just mm-hmm. killing everybody. So they go to get they they get the holy hand grenade of Antioch as the weapon. They get it and. Then King Arthur says, how do I use it? And they said, why don't you consult the Book of Armaments? So they open up, like, the Bible to the (laughs) Book of Armaments, and they read through it like it's a Bible verse explaining how that works. (laughs) It's such a great scene. And then it's really funny that I'm pointing out that scene because I've been kind of giving a lot of praise to Ready Player One right now, and the Holy Hand Grenade is in Ready Player One. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I just, they didn't make a joke about how it used, but they did have it in the movie, Mm -hmm. and they used it. It was great. So, yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and then there's other great scenes like the tale of Sir Lancelot Mm -hmm. with the kid who wants to sing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's, I completely forgot about that until (laughs) the the tale of Sir Robin because he's a big chicken. That's what I, that's my, I think my favorite part of the movie is. After uh, Sir Robin runs away from, uh, is it the Black Knight? It's is the three-headed knight. The Black Knight's the one who gets all his arms and legs cut okay. off, and he has the flesh wound. <laughs> right. So when, um, but when uh, Sir Robin's running away and his uh, minstrel or like assistant or whatever is singing, like like narrating the whole thing, and yeah. he's singing about how <laughs> brave Sir Robin's like afraid of everything. That's like my favorite part of the movie. So yeah, it's that's another. All the Monty Python stuff in a general sense, Life of Brian, uh, Holy Grail, Flying Circus, if you like Monty Python, you should actually go back and watch the show called Faulty Towers. Uh, I don't know if it's Monty Python or not, but John Cleese is the main character, and he is a manager for a hotel called Faulty Towers. It's on Netflix, but it's all British humor. It kind of falls in that Monty Python kind of humor. It's It's great. I haven't watched a lot of it. Uh, an old girlfriend of mine back in the day, her mom was really into it. And she she kind of showed it to me, <laughs> nice. and it was just, it was a good. It's just a good show. So um, something else to be said about uh, most Monty Python things is there's a lot of cool little uh, animated animated segments in there. So I, I'm really into art and animation. So I yeah. just want to bring it up. But yeah, and that Monty Python animation style is so distinct to itself. Right. So okay, sweet. Yeah. Are you ready for my next one? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, let's keep this in the medieval realm because my next one is Robin Hood Men in Tights. So, <laughs> this movie... I love this movie. Yes. It yes. made my short list. Okay. <laughs> this movie is the uh, second Mel Brooks movie that I have on here. It is... Uh, Mel Brooks's humor really gets me. Um, I think this movie is hilarious. Um, it's just got memorable parts in the movie. It's got a really memorable song in it. I don't, it's hard for me to like know exactly what to say. I just think this movie's really good. I remember seeing an HBO first look documentary about this. <laughs> it was like one of those 15 yes. minute segments or whatever that they do every now and then between movies on HBO. And I just remember the cast talking about how we have an authentic medieval time movie with authentic medieval time <laughs> weapons and authentic medieval yeah. time uh, costuming and. They just seemed really excited to be doing it, and it's the silliest medieval times <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, movie. The the Playboy for the Blind, the Braille <laughs> Playboy, like that was... <laughs> well, that's what I was going like, to say. I think a lot of my jokes center around the character of Blinken, who's the blind man, and it's totally not politically correct. I don't even know if it's considered like... 
not it's, offensive. I mean, it's probably in this offensive age, but, at this point. Yeah, but I mean, they have so PC. many funny gags. Like, uh, there's the part where they're all in like the huge uh, sword fight, and then Blinken's just fighting against a post the whole time, <laughs> and it comes back to him later, and he's like whittling cool. down the center of the post, and just like. There's so many good good jokes in there. So, I have there's a line from I, I actually like use this line every now and then. It's from Robin Hood Men in Tights. I say it sometimes when like someone comes up to me with like bad news. Yeah. Like Andy, I, or I got some bad news for yeah. you. Yeah. And I'll be like, wait, hold on. I had a good night's sleep. I had a good BM. I don't want to hear any bad news. Uh, <laughs> it's one of my favorite nice. lines. It was a Prince John line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure, so yeah. Robin Hood Men in Tights. Good. <laughs> So we have one more chance of potentially matching a movie tonight. Yeah, I can't believe we haven't matched anything yet. But well, so so I'm on to my last choice again. These movies are not ranked. I'm just mm-hmm. kind of talking about them in an order of like what I want to talk about, and I assume you're doing the same. Yes, exactly. Okay, so uh, my last pick is Spaceballs. As is mine. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Spaceballs, this comes down to my rewatching. Aside from my love of Star Wars, I watched Spaceballs a ton. It's, I could probably, if we were to turn it on right now, I could definitely quote the entire movie along with the movie as we mm-hmm. went more beat it to it. The, the, my love for this movie, I, when I thought about parody movies, if you were to ask anyone, I think, what their favorite parody movie is, if they can't tell you what their favorite one of all time is, they have they will all say Spaceballs is up there. It's mm-hmm. just it's a movie that everyone will they'll reference very quickly. Like, oh yeah, Spaceballs, that's definitely one of them. <laughs> yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. for ahead. sure. Um yeah, this uh well you did mention the rewatchability. Like I've watched this movie so many times. Um but I actually the most recent time I watched it was actually a couple months ago and there was like new parts of the movie that I was laughing at uh, that I don't think I caught. Because it's one of those movies you see as a kid, and every part of the movie is kind of in your head, so you know what to expect. But the last time I watched it, there was parts that I was laughing at where I was just like, oh, I don't, I never noticed that before. Like, uh, for example, when they first introduce you to um, to Barf, when Barf's uh, right. in the back room of the uh, Winnebago, and uh, Lone Star's up front, and he says, like, Barf, come up here. And Barf has this giant tub of ice cream. And he just says, always when I'm eating. And then so he goes, so that struck me so funny because I was like, okay, that means he's constantly eating. When when I was a kid, I just didn't think much of it. Well, so. not only that, but look at the way Bill Pullman says Barf. He says <laughs> yeah. it like he's about to throw up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite, I think my favorite scene of that movie is when... Lord Helmet wants to know where, because <laughs> they overshoot them. So like they the Winnebago oh, okay. over is like trying to get away from Spaceball yeah. One, and they're going light speed, and, or they're going hyperactive is the speed yeah. they eventually get to. And Spaceball One goes into ludicrous speed, and they overshoot <laughs> them. But they yeah. want to know where uh, the Winnebago went up, was, right? right? So he's like, well, how do we find them? And his first officer says, oh, we'll go back and watch Spaceballs the movie. <laughs> and he says, how are we going to do that? Mm-hmm. We're shooting it right now. And he's like, no, it's the, it's the latest thing in home video marketing. <laughs> the movie's out before it's finished. Yeah. So we can watch the movie now. And they get, and they're like fast forwarding through all the hijinks that happened. And Lord Helmet's like, don't let anyone ever watch this again. <laughs> like, <laughs> because we're seeing how much of a moron he is. 
but when they get to the scene and they're like watching themselves in that moment, yeah. he's like, "What am I looking at?" And he's like, "You're looking at now, sir. Yeah, what's happening now is happening now. Well, one will then be now soon. Like, mm-hmm. It's it's such exactly. a fantastic movie. We passed it when just now. <laughs> it's it's hard for me to pick a favorite part because, um, like I said, there's like parts where uh, like the merchandising part when they meet Yogurt, who's the Yoda parody, and he talks about. How they're doing space balls, the lunchbox, space balls, the what? That struck me so funny the last time I watched it. When I was a kid, I didn't realize like, yes, this is literally what Star Wars did, where they marketed not only everything. is that what not only is that what Star Wars <laughs> did then, that's yes. literally what Star Wars is doing <laughs> right. now. Mm-hmm. So in that scene when yogurt is showing all the merchandising. He says, we're all going to come together again for Spaceballs 2, the search for more, <laughs> more money. money. Yes. Which, I know that they're making Star Wars movies because we all want to see more Star Wars, but in yes. all seriousness, the amount of money those Star Wars movies are making, it's, sure. such, a, it's such a great title. Mm-hmm. So, Mel Brooks, if you're listening and you make Spaceballs 2, I, hope, I so hope that you use that title, the search for more money. <laughs> yes. The <laughs> um, other thing I wanted to mention is when I was a kid, my favorite character in the movie was uh, Pizza the Hut, and I was really upset that he was only in two scenes, but I always wanted Pizza to see the, more of Pizza, Pizza the, the Hut. The Hut. So. It, was, it was a really good gag yes. because of Pizza Hut and Jabba the Hut. Exactly. But it's a, such a hard character to watch. <laughs> It's so gross. Like when I watch it now, it kind of makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's great. It's I'm not. He has a tongue that I'm not entirely sure what it is. Right. Like I don't know if that's a tongue or I'm like this. This is disgusting. Yeah. I, I can't even really. Mm-hmm. It's hard to watch. So. Mm-hmm. And then I also really love the. Uh, Aliens parody at the end of the movie when they go to the diner. Oh, yeah, they threw in the Aliens yeah. parody. And that's... the alien pops out and he's like, you know, singing the Hello, my baby, hello, my darling, <laughs> like that song. It's so classic. Yeah, so oh. Spaceballs, I don't know what else we to say about matched. it. It's, yeah. yeah, we actually matched one. So, do you want to know what we're doing next week? Yes. Since it's my pick. <laughs> that would probably help. <laughs> All right. So, I have been, I think I've watched Ready Player One three times since I got the Blu ray home to my house. Nice. If I had more time to watch, I'd probably rewatch it again. I did watch it a second time myself. It's so, yeah. so good, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all right. So, because I'm blowing all kinds of praise towards Ready Player One, it would it made me think a lot about a certain type of movie. So next week we are going to be doing top five Steven Spielberg directed films. I say directed very. I kind of put a little weight to that word because. He executive produced Back to the Future. He executive mm-hmm. produced Transformers. He's not always direct. Like he's got a lot of projects that everyone's like, "Oh yeah, Spielberg was involved in that." No, right. he produced it. He didn't direct it. Mm-hmm. So Spielberg directed movies. To give you an idea of what you're looking at, we're looking at Jaws, E.T., Jurassic Park. Yes, Ready Player One's on the list, but now we're throwing in uh, Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, like. These are massive, massive movies, and uh, if you don't, if you if you think about it in a way, everyone's seen a Steven Spielberg movie. In some, in some way, Steven Spielberg kind of shaped our childhoods. Mm-hmm. When you go back and you look at some of those older movies, like Jaws and ET and Goonies, and like he yeah. he was yeah. really like he was really like a building block for a lot of us in terms of things that we ended up liking. All the Indiana Jones films are going to be on that list. They're not all going nice. to make it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But that doesn't mean that one might pop up. So yeah. 
I just thought that was a really good list because it's a giant list for us to pull through. Yeah. It's not like I said, name your top five something, and it's only a list of mm. like ten things. So no, that's great. Yeah, Spielberg directed movies, and we'll see where Ready Player One yeah. if it if it stacks up. So it's kind of interesting too, because uh, well, that list because I feel like. Spielberg-inspired movies is almost becoming its own genre with stuff like Super 8 and Stranger Things coming out. I know, and stuff. I know. Cause so definitely I, still super relevant. So absolutely. I'm excited. So yeah, Spielberg direction uh, next week, and we'll see where that takes us. Do you have anything else you want to add before we close out? Because I think we did it. Another episode in the can. So. <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, no, I think I'm good. Ryan, do you have anything? Ryan's giving me the What's, what's your favorite parody movie, if you had to pick one? Don't Be a Menace. Okay. Central, <laughs> juice in the hood. Nice. <laughs> nice. I don't even think I've actually seen the whole movie of that. So I actually picking this Spielberg directed topics. Ryan might actually show up with a list next week. So we'll see what happens because <laughs> nice. I know I know he could probably do this one. Um, speaking of, and I know someone's probably wondering this because you asked me about Incredibles one week. Yes. Uh, it was the very first episode or okay, yeah, top of eighteen thus far. I can't vouch for movies I haven't seen yet. So that's, you know, so if you're just like, why didn't you put that on his list? It was a great movie. It's because I haven't seen it. And yeah, the same for goes sure. for you and so forth. I can only, mm-hmm. you know, talk about movies I've seen. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so Spielberg directed movies next week, and we'll see Sounds what good. news hits us along the way. So for great. the Top 5 Report, I am Drew. I'm Peter. Good night. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next week.